Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow. We believe that leaders are shaping the future, and it is our commitment to provide you with high-value resources that will give you the opportunity to be the best leader that you can be. I'm your host, Phil Denner, recording on a chilly April day along with Joe Denner, founder and president of Alliant Leadership. Joe, as always, it is a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, just trying to be, trying to keep from being blown away by the wind out here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Joe, uh, despite the cold weather, I'm doing great myself, uh, anticipating warmer weather for sure. Yes. Uh, but It's uh, coming. Go ahead. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really hoping for it. Baseball season started uh, yesterday, um, so that's kind of the sign that warm weather is, mm -hmm. is on its way. So yeah. yep. um, before we get started today, I have some questions that uh, I want our audience to think about uh, as, we're, as we're going into this, this podcast. And, uh, and that would be, have you ever had a coworker uh, that said something and you were thinking, where in the world did that come from? Have you ever had a team member who seemed a bit cold-hearted when it came to decision-making? Have you ever had a teenager that just won't schedule out their day and likes to fly by the seat of their pants? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are all situations uh, people are going through uh, every day and usually are left wondering why on earth those people are doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to dive into the question of why people do what they do and our goal is that when we're done, you will have a better understanding when you encounter those situations that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that is the topic for today, understanding yep. why people do what they do. Yeah, and let me just hop in real quick and just say one thing, and that's that you know, my, my hope uh, today is, is that this show is, is going to be all about giving hope mm -hmm. uh, to people for their relationships because I think there are a lot of people out there who are languishing in certain relationships, whether they're family relationships or work relationships, and they just do not understand why uh, there's a disconnect. And, yeah. and today we're hoping to give some, you know, shed some light on that for people and give them hope. Absolutely. That is definitely our goal today. And we're looking forward to jumping in. So, Joe, tell me, what is the benefits of understanding and why should I or anyone care for that matter? Yeah, yeah I think there's a few things as I, I think about that question. And first thing is really simple and that's, hey, you know what, wouldn't it be great if we could just get along better? Oh yeah, um, of course. <laughs> and, and just not get as easily annoyed with each other. Yeah. Um, but also the bigger thing for me is that these things that we do that are strange or that are quirky to other people or, or you know, that we see about them, mm -hmm. these are all things that are barriers to trust because the bottom line is that when we do not understand something, we've got our defenses up. It's just a natural human mechanism yeah. that if I don't understand what I'm dealing with, I've got my guard up because I'm not sure if I'm totally safe here. And so, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. So as we begin to understand each other, we start removing the barriers of, of misunderstanding and we then move a significant barrier to trust. And so I think that's a huge part. Um, and, and the reason that is important is that when we trust, we're, we're a lot more efficient, we're more satisfied. And, and this is a stat I think I've shared before, but according to the Deming Center for Quality Management, 
that's quoted in David Horsaker's book, The Trust Edge. Mistrust doubles the cost of doing business. Yeah, you've mentioned that yeah, multiple times before. That's a, it's a shocking number. And, and, it and is. The, yeah, but the reason is this. When we trust, we don't hesitate. Okay, but if we don't trust, we do, and that costs money. So I'm going to look at this from the positive side, but, but when we trust, we don't hesitate. When we trust, we, we don't withhold information from hmm. people. And, and when we trust, we're more willing to be open about our opinions and even share our weaknesses and our need for help with others on the team. It just it opens things up tremendously. And the bottom line of that is that the financial bottom line of understanding each other is huge because of its of how it plays into this whole area of trust. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're wanting to read that book, The Trust Edge, uh, you can head to Joe's website, joedenner.com, uh, under the services tab. You can find it there. Uh, definitely would suggest reading it. I have not had a chance to read it uh, yet, but yeah, it's definitely book. something that's on my list. Um, but if I just point out real quick, um, that is the understanding each other is, I think, something that's really helped you and I mm-hmm. uh, as, as we work because it's something that does make us more efficient because there are things about each of us that are vastly different uh, that before we really understood could have caused a lot of hiccups along the way. Yeah. Well, let me, let me point out one other thing, and that is that when people – Act Okay. When people behave in a certain way, one of our human tendencies is to assign motive. So just as a just kind of a funny illustration, you know, we've got a basket that is inside the closet that is literally (laughs) right when you walk in the door. And and so when I walk in the door, one of the first things I think about is if I'm going to take off my shoes, I'm kicking them in the basket. If I'm not, I'm wiping my feet and going on. But, you know, we've got nine kids, and, and there are shoes everywhere in the entryway. All and I'm thinking time. to myself, why don't they put their shoes in the basket? And at some point, I began to feel like, what is this? Is this rebellion? Are they, are they just rebelling against my rule or my <laughs> desire? And then, you know what? As I thought about the brain types of each of my kids, I thought, you know what? My brain type is such that when I walk in the door, order and structure is the first thing on my mind, and I'm a very disciplined person, and Mm -hmm. so the very first thing I think about is, what am I doing with my feet? Are they clean? Then I can walk forward. If they're not clean, I'm wiping my feet. If, If I'm taking off my shoes, I'm kicking them in the basket, but I've got kids that that's nowhere anywhere in their mind and it's not because they're rebellious or completely irresponsible it's just that their minds are somewhere else yeah definitely so that whole issue of motive is huge and and so we have to be really careful and i think that's one of the other insights i hope people take away today is be careful about assigning motive too quickly yeah that that right there is the answer why should you care is because you want to understand so that you aren't assigning motive yeah. uh, to to what people are doing. And that leads us into our second question, which is what are the key things that we should understand? All right. Well, for the for the sake of our conversation today, we're going to reference a particular tool, and that's the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Yes. It is 
And the reason we're going to use that is that, number one, not only are we familiar with it, but it's probably the most well-known, uh, recognized, and what's considered to be one of the most valid and reliable instruments on the market. Mm-hmm. And, and when we look at the MBTI, there are four different angles, and we might call them, that we want to think about when we try to understand people. So let's walk through each one of those okay. and, and take a look. So the first one is this. How does a person like to direct their energy and from where do they tend to get their energy? And the two words that we associate this with inside the Myers-Briggs is extroversion and introversion. And these are hmm. probably the two most well-known of the, of the paradigms within the Myers-Briggs construct. Um, but the point is this extroverts don't just love to hear their own voice. <laughs> you know, they don't just love to talk. It has to do with the fact that they get energy by processing actively. Yes. They think actively, whether that's walking, running, doodling, but for most of them, it's about talking. As a matter of fact, I had a client years ago who said to me, Joe, uh, talking is like breathing for me. If I if yes, I can't yes. talk through my thoughts, I feel like I'm suffocating. And of course, I'm an introvert, so that is like a totally foreign thought to me <laughs> um, because introverts like to direct their energy inwardly and we get our energy from being able to be quiet and reflect, whereas extroverts get their energy by directing it outward. Mm-hmm. And they also get energy from the out, outer world of people and, and activities. So that's the first thing. Yeah. All right. And I know that that makes a lot of sense to you because you're the extrovert, I'm the <laughs> introvert, and we, we get how that plays out. Yeah. And it, it is something I think in conversation with people – a lot of people just tend to just think it as someone who's outgoing versus someone who's in, uh, who's who's shy. Um, but something I'd point out is is you're a, you're an introvert, but you're a very very good public speaker, mm-hmm. and you don't have a problem being in front of people. You're a no. pastor mm-hmm. um, as well, and, and you're fine with speaking with people. It's just not something that you're energized by. Uh, whereas right. you know you grow go to into a group of people. And you're looking for your friends, um, and then you're you're ready to go home and take a nap. Uh, you know, someone like an extrovert like me, I'm looking for the next get together, the next opportunity to uh, feed off people's energy. Right. And so, what you find in the workplace is you're going to find that a lot of the introverts want a nice, quiet place to work, whereas extroverts really thrive on interaction. Mm-hmm. They thrive on being able to talk to other people, get up, move around, do things. And so that's where some of the conflicts arise. But if we understand that about each other, yes, then we can create social contracts. We can create agreements about how we're going to do things and how we're going to organize the office and set things up. But if we don't, if we don't understand that, then we assign a motive. Yep. That person's irresponsible. That person's, you know, a, a hermit. You know, all these, <laughs> all these things that get thrown around that just aren't true. Because actually, I know plenty of extroverts that are shy, hmm. but they're very talkative, and their talkativeness isn't because of their confidence. It's because that's how they process. Yep. And so they're again, it's sometimes we're just misassigning things. So that's the first. That's the first angle is energy. Where does All right. the energy come from and where do we like to direct our energy? The second paradigm within the Myers-Briggs is this answers the question, how does a person prefer to gather in or take in information 
and what type of information do they trust the most? And so we have one type, which are the sensing types, and, and, and this, makes a lot of, this makes a lot of sense. They depend on their five senses. They depend on you know, the taking in of the facts and the details through what they see, hear, taste, smell, and so on. Um, whereas you have intuitives or people who, have, who are, prefer intuition when it comes to taking in information, and they're people that are more reliant on kind of understanding the big picture. They want to get the concepts, and, and they are more interested in meaning. Uh, so if you're in a meeting, you've got sensing people. They're very factual, very detail-oriented. They're very present-oriented. Hmm. They're much more the status quo people, whereas your intuitives are much more about, like, what's this meeting about? Why are we here? What are we trying to accomplish? And they're okay. much more about the future, the possibilities, and all that could be and should be. Um, and so we get, again, this conflict. And, and one of the best examples I have is years ago I had a boss who was an intuitive and an extrovert, and I'm a sensing type and an introvert. <laughs> so we clashed on those first two, and he loved to share his ideas. And my, you know, my sensing part of me just kicks in, and I start asking questions because I want to understand the details of this idea and how we're going to execute and implement this idea. And he used to get so frustrated <laughs> at me. Why are you trying say, to ruin my idea? Exactly. <laughs> what is the deal? Why are you trying to kill my idea? And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm trying to make your dream come true. Yeah. And, and so I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do it. And he's like, dude, I'm not there yet. I just am having fun thinking about my idea and, and playing it out in my head. And so that's where you can see this clash. And that's just only that's just one uh, of the places where the sensing and intuitives can hmm. clash. Because, again, the sense the sensing people are much more about, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Whereas intuitives can be, especially for certain of the Myers-Briggs types, I mean, they just, they love doing new things. They love coming up with new ideas, new ways. And, and again, not every intuitive is as is, is, is much like that, but that's another one of those clashes between kind of this status quo versus the press into the future and innovation and all that kind of thing. So uh, that'd be the second uh, part of the paradigm that I think that it's important to understand. All right. right. Make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of uh, things you can look at with these first two in of them in of themselves, and uh, there's four that we're looking at. But uh, already, I'm hoping that people are, can see some of these examples that I mentioned earlier, uh, where some some of the answers are coming to light of why those people are doing what they were doing. So yeah, but the bottom line is that that for sensing types, they trust their experience. And intuitives trust their gut or their insight. And, and so that's a key thing, too. Man, I, we could talk for a long time about that, but let's move on. The third uh, angle that we want to think about is how does a person tend to make decisions? Now, you mentioned in the intro, you know, this idea of do you have a coworker that you feel is just cold-hearted in making yeah. decisions, right? Well, actually, that really isn't the issue. The issue is that, that there are thinking decision makers and there are feeling decision makers within the Myers-Briggs. And what that means is that the thinking people uh, doesn't mean that feeling people don't think. Yeah. What it means is when it comes to making a decision, thinking people are very logical, they're very analytical, they're very issue-oriented and issue-centered. 
whereas feeling uh, people are more centered on and focused in on the people and the values that are involved in the decision that's being made. So as you think about that, people that are the thinking types, they can appear extremely cold-hearted or extremely emotionally detached because all they think about is the issue. Yeah. And, and to the feeling types, it can feel like, man, why don't you think about the, how the people are going to be impacted by this? And and the thinking person is like, well, that's important, but what's more important <laughs> is what makes sense. Yeah. Like, what what's the logic here? And, and so you can see the clash there too because not only can the feeling types uh, feel like the, the thinking people are cold-hearted, the thinking types can think that the feeling types are just gushy and, and <laughs> you know, pushovers and bleeding hearts. And again, that's not what's going on. Feeling people think. They think deeply. They use logic and rationale in a lot of the areas of their lives. But when it comes time to make a decision, their brains immediately go to, Who's involved? What's happening? How are they going to be impacted? How are our values being either honored or dishonored through this decision? Whereas the thinking person is just looking at more of the factual, analytical side of the decision. And so, again, you can see where some of that conflict can arise. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, there's this seems like it's just so much, um, but it's just very eye-opening. Uh, I've had the opportunity to learn a lot of this stuff already, but even – Hearing it again is just, like I said, eye-opening, understanding, uh, and looking through examples in my life that I've seen these types of things happen, and I'm just like pinpointing, that's why they did this, that's why they did this, that's why this person does things this way. Right. Uh, so it's just, it's all very, very interesting to me. Yeah, and especially when it comes to decision-making, that's especially where people can assign motive, mm-hmm. and so we have to be extra cautious. But the fourth, uh, the fourth area just to keep our keep our conversation moving. Yeah. How does a person live in the outer world? That's kind of a weird question, but the bottom line is this. We have two different types. We have judging types and perceiving types. The judging types are people that are very ordered, very structured, very decided, very planned in the way that they live their lives. Like me, like, right, I walk in the door and my brain immediately goes to, okay, step one, Check shoes, figure out what's going on. You know, that's just the way my brain works. Whereas perceiving types, they're much more go with the flow, spontaneous, flexible, react in the moment. You know, where judging types typically have a plan and are trying to execute their plan. Uh, Perceiving types typically are trying to perceive what's going on here, what's most important, what needs my attention. And and they're not so much executing a plan as they are responding. So J's plan their attack. uh, P's respond in the moment. And and that's a super, super general uh, statement. But the bottom line, too, is I find that J's are kind of boring. And peas are a lot of fun, and and I'm being extra I, I hard on myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I bet you can. Uh, and I'm being extra hard on myself, but it's true because Jays have this work before play, whereas peas are like, well, wait a minute, can't we make work fun? Yeah. Uh, why can't we pl- be playful in the way that we do our work? And that doesn't mean goofing around. It just yes, means definitely. enjoying and spirited and and energetic and gregarious and all that kind of thing. So. And it doesn't mean that pe- judging people aren't fun. It just means right. that they they focus on making sure everything gets done. Um, exactly. So. And Jays have a harder time with change. 
Okay, so judging types, they because they've got a plan. And so in order for the plan to change, uh, they, they need to have a rationale. There needs to be a reason why I should change my plan. Well, the P, when I say he doesn't have a plan, I don't mean that there isn't a plan that exists. Right. I'm just saying in their brain, they're not locked into this plan. The plan's a guide. The plan's kind of a help. And, and so change is normal. Change is cool. Um, and, and so that's the another big difference where, where conflict can come in. All right. Well, we're going to move on. I know this is a pretty brief look at those concepts, um, but we want to keep moving here. Yep. So how do we grow in our understanding of, pe- of why people do what they do? Well, there's a few key things here. First of all, I just think it's your attitude first. First and foremost, I just encourage people to have an openness to understanding. Yeah. That's a just That in and of itself is a huge place to start because so many people are just unwilling. So many yeah. people are just kind of stuck and they don't care why people do what they do. They don't care about this or that. And I'm saying, you know what? You should care. And we've already talked about that, why you should care. But first and foremost is check your attitude. How do we grow? We grow by having an open mind and a desire to understand people. Um, the second step here would be start paying attention. Start paying attention to what people are doing and make the effort to understand. Ask questions. You know, don't just wonder. Say to your coworker, hey, I was just curious. You know, you just you did this or you said that. And, you know, and I just wonder why, you know. And, and again, do it with a good attitude. Do it Always. with, a you know, yes. not a kind of a condemning approach. And I think if you really are genuine in your desire to understand people and you ask, uh, most of them will be uh, very willing to, to help out. And those are just a couple of the most simple and low-level ways that we can do it, and and we can learn a ton just by doing that. But the last thing is, obviously, you know, we can go to workshops and we can mm-hmm. you know, bring in the experts like you and me, people who know this stuff, who understand it, who teach it, and we can bring them into our organizations. We can we can uh, attend a more maybe a public event. Uh, but I think it's great when companies bring in people like me and you, who can teach this and help people understand this so that it can become integrated in the way that we do our work together. Yeah, it it completely changes your approach uh, to however you're working. And and this is not just something for business. This can be in your your family life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, If you're in school, you know, it's it's so helpful because you completely change the way you approach it because you're gonna under, when you understand your style, um, you can understand where you're going to be uh, stronger, and it's it's just an amazing it's amazing what it's done for me. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's made a huge impact on my marriage, and it's made a huge impact on my relationship with a number of my kids because now I get it. I get <laughs> why they do what they do. And again, the key thing here is that that uh, this doesn't excuse poor behavior. Yes. Um, I always tell people when I'm training this material that the way that you behave is a choice. Okay, the ways, but your tendencies and your preferences are innate. So the ways that you lean, the ways that you would just normally naturally or, or do things or the kind of your default mode is not so much the choice, but every action is a choice. Yes. Every word we speak, every move we make is a choice. But if we can understand what's underneath, 
then we can begin to understand, and it just really opens up uh, things incredibly. Yeah. Well, can you give us a few specific examples of brain types uh, that we see in our workplace and families? Yeah, I'm just going to do four quick ones. Uh, There are 16 types within the Myers-Briggs construct, and not everybody's familiar with these letters, so don't get confused. Um, But again, you have... um, extroverts and introverts so that's e and i you have sensing and intuition and that's s and an n instead of the i because we've already got the i for the introvert then we have the t and the f for the thinking and feeling and the j and the p for the judging and perceiving so some of the most common types that i see some of the ones that are most represented in the population are first of all the entjs Okay, and I have a wife who's an ENTJ. I have a, a few clients that are ENTJs, and ENTJs are extroverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging people, and they they are typically leaders. Yeah. Uh, ENTJs are natural-born leaders. They are forceful. They are confident. Uh, they are great planners and strategists, mm-hmm. and and they are incredibly confident. Um, the one downside with ENTJs is sometimes they come across as arrogant um, <laughs> and and condescending. And I would say the vast majority of ENTJs that I've worked with over the years, and I've worked with a lot of them, the vast majority of them do not intend that at all. Yeah. It, it just, they are so confident that it just comes across. And for many people who aren't confident, man, that's just hugely intimidating. Mm-hmm. But there's another type that I encounter a ton in the workplace and in the home, and that is the ENTP. And the quick thing I want to point out is there's just one change in the letters there. So there's the ENTJ and the ENTP. So they share three of the four uh, paradigms, but the that fourth one that's different makes a huge difference because yeah. ENTJs are planners and they are super confident and they love closure and decisions and accomplishing goals, and whereas ENTPs, they are typically idea factories. They are idea factories. They are super outgoing. They're high energy, and and they are constantly looking for new ways, new solutions. And so what I find is that ENTPs are often great at uh, coming up with new ideas and initiating projects, but the P uh, causes them to struggle with follow-through, whereas ENTJs are pretty good at follow-through because of the J. They like closure. They like finishing. P's are more open-ended and open-minded, and so they like to create. Yeah. Um, and so you see that subtle difference. And then the other two that I would like to compare is the ISTJ and the ISTP. Again, so I'm an ISTJ. Uh, which means I'm super loyal, very dependable, very linear in the way that I think, incredibly task-oriented. And then you have the ISTP. And the ISTPs are are very good at problem-solving. They're very good. Again, that P is that responsive side. So they love to be faced with a problem, react to it, and solve it, and figure it out. Whereas the ISTJ would much rather 
you know, execute a plan, accomplish a goal that we've planned on, whereas the ISTP loves that responsive side of things. So those are four of, of the most common types that I run into within the workplace and just a super brief look at, at yeah. how they're different, even though they share so much uh, the same. So I don't know. Is that helpful? Yeah, to no, I, for? that's very helpful. I, I appreciate that. Uh, just to kind of wrap up a little bit of, of what we said here uh, on the topic of understanding why people will do what they do. The first thing is to be open, yeah. uh, to be willing to understand uh, why people do what they do. That's that's the first step you, yes. you need to take and understand that when you do, uh, it will remove the barrier of misunderstanding and help to build trust with those around us. And that's that's why it's so important. Yep. Uh, so be willing, care about it. Um, and look into this a little bit more. Um, we mentioned the Trust Edge earlier. Uh, you can check that out on Joe's website. Uh, but you can also look up uh, the Myers-Briggs uh, site, which is myersbriggs.org, uh, and get a little more information. If you are interested in taking the Myers-Briggs, I would highly recommend that, um, if only to uh, see what your, what your own type is. Um, or maybe you could do it with your family and uh, look into having... Uh, someone come and do a workshop uh, that that would definitely be very helpful. It's been helpful to our family, to mm -hmm. our business. Uh, so I definitely would uh, suggest that. Yeah, just one key detail thing that's important is if you are interested in the Myers-Briggs, you have to connect with a certified administrator. You can't get access to the Myers-Briggs assessment without going through a certified administrator. Right. Okay. And, and I am a certified administrator, so if that's something you're interested in, feel free to reach out. Send us an email at info yes, at joedenner.com. That'd be great. All right. Any uh, last thoughts before we wrap up here, Joe? No, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it there with that summary, and that is be willing, be open, desire, come with a genuine desire to understand, and I really believe that things will begin to open up and and you're going to find that trust is going to rise and as trust rises uh, man it's just so much more fun to work with people you trust it's so much more efficient you're going to save money you're going to make more money and and you're going to see all kinds of benefits from really diving into a topic like this all right well thank you so much for being with us again joe mm -hmm. my pleasure all right folks this is going to be the end of our podcast today uh we're here as always um we are doing the first Thursday of every month. Originally, we were the first Wednesday of every month, but we have changed to the first Thursday of every month, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we just want to thank you for tuning in today uh, for this great, great content from Joe, and we invite you to join us again next time for another episode of Stronger Leaders Shaping Tomorrow.